BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, on a Friday morning by Rich Rebar. We're actually recording this a little bit early. So, uh, you know, if uh, Patrick Mahomes does, you know, get COVID or whatever, and and uh, we miss something like that, we apologize. But we are here. We're in the playoffs. So we're just going to pick. We're just going to make picks for all the games. Just feels nice and easy. We will go through all Very the games. Um, should be helpful. I, I am looking... Uh, for you to provide me some new information that I have not considered, obviously, because I'm I'm firing all of these playoff drafts, firing uh, these FFPC playoff challenges, and uh, I've, I'm I'm not too take locked. There are two games I got take lock on, mm-hmm. I think, but I am I'm willing to be persuaded on um, the rest of them. So yeah, we're here, man. We the slog is is over, and now we are what uh, five weeks away from a Super Bowl champion being crowned. Yeah, it's fun, man. Like this is hopefully where we get to enjoy some of the football. It was a really good year. We had a really great, strong finish uh, on this show too. Like the last like six weeks, we we're firing yeah, we all did. kinds of gems, man. So hopefully we can keep it going in the playoffs. We've always had fun and just pick these playoff games and try to, to, to just like enjoy the, these games, man. I mean, uh, I think Sunday is gonna be real fun this weekend. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the Saturday games have potential to be fun if the weather doesn't completely ruin everything for Kansas City and Miami. Like, there, you know, we we got the tweets going around. The National Weather Service is getting involved. The <laughs> the, the 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 NFL is they're they're saying, okay, we're not rescheduling. Uh, it's I mean, it's gonna be bad probably. Like, it's gonna be very cold. Uh, I I was just telling Rich before we got on the air that my buddies are thinking about going because tickets are like free. Like, no one will and by by Saturday morning, they're really going to be free. If people are waking up on if people are waking up on Saturday morning and it's negative four degrees with wind chill, people are really not going to want to go. They'll they'll sell you your ticket for whatever. And the idea of going on Thursday versus Saturday, like when you actually are like are in the office, you're just and you're just like, you know what, man, I'm going to be out there for four hours. I don't know. For uh, more because you yeah, gotta you gotta right, get true. there. You gotta you gotta get there. You gotta leave. You're going to be outside for a minimum. Of five hours you're going to be in the elements like minimum it's going to be like, i don't know man yeah it's going to be Chiefs, like who have like had like a really like great run right like the chiefs have had like a really nice run with mahomes danny reed you're just like oh if i miss this one playoff game like I- i've seen like they've they've treated me to a bunch i might even get another one next weekend a chance to double might, might be kelsey's <laughs> might be kelsey's last ever chiefs playoff game though but you're just like man i, I don't know if i could sit out here yeah, yeah, yeah. You really, you really can't. All right, first game: the Cleveland Browns are two-point road favorites against the Texans. This is one that I have gone back and forth on a billion times. I think obviously, Man. the tiebreaker in general, you would say, well, the Texans have the better quarterback. We'll we'll see how healthy they are. Not only were they missing Tank Dell last week, but Robert Woods was out, and one of the other tertiary wide receivers no, was Brown. out. 
Noah Brown was out as well. So we'll see if those guys are able to play this week. This is where I'm at with the Texans. I think that D'Amico Ryans is still coaching the team. Like, the team sucks. Like, he's coaching like Mike Vrabel a little bit, you know? So they're not really forcing the issue. A lot more Devin Singletary than anyone is asking for. And I don't foresee that being a recipe that particularly works against the Browns. But uh, I also can just see the Joe Flacco experiment going to zero. I mean, at any at any moment, it could just it could just immediately go to zero. What do you got for me here? Yeah, I think there's a depending on what side you go to. I, I do lean towards Browns uh, from a betting perspective for two primary reasons. One is just the 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 mismatch. I think the the most overwhelming mismatch in this game is the Houston offensive line versus the Browns pass rush. Yeah, uh, we've seen obviously it was it was Case Keenum and not you know C.J. Stroud, but they pressured Keenum on you know forty four percent of his dropbacks when his team's played in Week sixteen. We have seen Stroud struggle against pressure against teams that are aggressive defenses. He's thrown twenty of his twenty three passing touchdowns from a clean pocket this season. Uh, he is. 5.7% touchdown rate from a clean pocket was seventh in the league under pressure, uh, 52% completion rate, six yards for pass attempt, which was 19th in the league, 2.1% touchdown rate, which was 27th. Uh, in these games that he's played, like these aggressive man coverage defenses or good pass defense, Saints, Jets, Ravens, those are objectively been his worst games of the year. Uh, and then you brought up the second point is, I think we saw the Texans have their first pseudo playoff game under D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick, and I don't think they passed much of the eye test for us uh, last No, week. I think they got bailed the fuck out, actually. They, did. they got 100% bailed out. I mean, they punted once across the 50. Because that game, Stroud was in the zone early. Like, you knew, like, you got to put that game in Stroud's hands. And they basically took the ball out of Stroud's hands, put him in bad spots, let the Colts kind of come back. Because the Colts, one thing they were doing that game, Gardner Minshew was terrible in that game last Saturday. And they never made Gardner Minshew have to beat them until the very end when Shane Steichen almost made Gardner Minshew try to beat him. But that game, that you had a chance to get the Colts out of that run game that they're having success with early, and they just never did. I think if you are backing the Texans, like the avenue is very clear, right? And you kind of hit on it. It's the turnover stuff. Like the, even in Flacco starts, the Browns have the most turnovers in the NFL. And we've seen in these playoff games, like you win the turnover battle, you have a really good shot of winning the game. Teams that have won the turnover battle since the NFL went to 32 teams in the playoffs, 77% win rate. They're 95 and 18 when you have two or more takeaways than the opponent. The, the, the rematch factor, I think, benefits the Texans too in this game because Stroud didn't play in the first game. So there's like really no calibration on the Browns part. Still, still going to do what they do. But the Houston side, now D'Amico Ryan, you hired a defensive head coach and you faced Joe Flacco and you found out what didn't work and did work in that game. How do they calibrate and adjust? Because I don't think the Browns will be able to run the football much in this game. They haven't run the football well the back half of the year. The Texans have really stopped to run against everyone except for the Colts. So the rematch might benefit the Texans a, a little bit here than the Brown side, but I still keep coming back to that offensive line versus defensive line matchup. And it just looks so overwhelmingly in favor of the Browns. The, so the trench thing can really go one of two ways. It's, it feels like something we really focus on before games a lot, you know, when we're thinking about, okay, how are all, what are all the ways uh, that it can go? And it's also often used as a descriptive thing of being like, oh, well, this offensive line just got shellacked the, you know, the, the entire game. And then if CJ Stroud just has a A plus CJ Stroud game, 
you know, it, it just it just matters a lot, a lot less. I I did yeah. find I did find um the clean pocket versus moved off his spot stuff pretty persuasive. Ultimately, I don't think I will bet on this one in in either direction. It feels uncertain to me, and that is probably the most uncertain of any of these playoff games. And I'm treating it that way in the playoff contest. I I guess. If the the skin in the game answer is that in best ball drafts for these contests, I am drafting a lot of Browns and a lot less Texans. So I guess that is I guess that is kind of my answer. I also think the Browns will be more competitive in future rounds if they if they do advance, just because they're a more complete team. You know, like they just won one through fifty three. They are they are further along the evolutionary chain to becoming a good team because they've been a good team and the Texans were signing. I mean, not this last offseason, but two offseasons ago, the Texans' plan was signing every other team's 38th best player, and they built an entire team out of that. So I think ultimately, I guess I guess Browns are probably the side I like. Yeah, I think big picture, 10,000-foot view, the Ravens would probably rather face the Browns the least about all their options next round. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Kansas City, Miami, it's zero degrees. Jalen Waddle's probably not playing. We'll see what happens with Raheem Mostert. But I don't know. How many how many Dolphins offensive linemen are out in this game? It's like, what do they got? Uh, Nine offensive linemen? Five defensive starters, too. Which is, so that's all crazy. And then you look at the line and you're like, what, Kansas City by four? Kansas City by four? It's a weird line. The 2023 Chiefs, baby. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, that is it. It's just that Kansas City is not imposing enough on offense that anyone is thinking that they're just going to punish the the Dolphins for being that banged what up. They're they're playing me, against themselves. And I'll see if you agree or not. What stands out to me the most is that this total is forty four and a half. Yeah, like that's these teams. These teams played on a neutral site when they were healthier in the middle of the season, and they scored thirty five combined points. I don't. Yeah, it's it's. 44 is is in the cold yeah i don't know i mean i would probably how many injuries like the dolphins have like i feel and with how good the chiefs defense is in totality and the fact that their offense is like we kind of don't know what we're going to get not even in a game by game basis from the chiefs offense but like a drive by drive basis with the chiefs we kind of really don't know what to expect that 44 and a half felt really high to me like that's i i would i would definitely lean under i mean just feels, I don't know, feels like 38 and a half is like the right total for this game. Because Kansas City is not, this is, again, you know, this is not the the Kansas City of old. This is not a team that is is like jacked up. They, they would be so, if you if you went through that locker room and you and you got them all in private, they'd be like, oh, we'd be totally cool with the 21-14 again here. Wait, that is all good yeah. by us. Yeah, yeah. Like, just get us, get us in, get us out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm... I would be taking Kansas City here. Obviously, I'm an unreliable narrator, but the Chiefs can run the ball. And I do think there's something to Kelsey has just been like so banged up, and that's why he looks like the Tin Man. And so the week off for him probably was pretty nice. I mean, how healthy can you get with just, you know, one week off or whatever? But if if they can get Kelsey to like 80% of Kelsey, that'll be a big difference. And maybe Kadarius Tony won't play, so you won't get the other team won't automatically get seven points from him uh, tipping a, a pass to them. That that's where I'm at, though. 
Yeah, I just think in totality, the Dolphins just had the, the most suboptimal outcome these past few weeks like, like you possibly could have imagined, right? Like, you go from controlling everything, maybe being the one seed, you lose that. Then you control being the two seed, hosting a home game, maybe against Mason Rudolph. You lose two more defensive starters. Now you got to go to Kansas City, where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have lost two playoff games together in Arrowhead, and they both were in overtime. Like, they both were overtime losses. Uh, it just feels like a down bad spot. And I think where their injuries are definitely matter in this game. You know, obviously one, if Travis Kelsey's healthy, losing Jerome Baker is a huge deal. Their best coverage linebacker having to play guys like Duke Riley and David Long. And this is a team that's already been roasted by tight ends on the, on the season already with Jerome Baker healthy. And we saw Kincaid have a good game against them. At one point, Melvin Ingram was guarding Dalton Kincaid on Sunday night. Uh, Dawson Knox had a touchdown. We saw three Ravens tight ends touchdowns the week before that. Like, so it is, it would be a game to say, like, if it's a shorter passing game, it does, like, this would be a spot. Like, Kelsey, show us that you're healthy. Uh, Pacheco's been kind of like the, the linchpin of their offense, like, kind of the back half of the year. Rasheed Rice is getting more run, but, and, and you lose Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. And if you can't pressure the quarterback, that's kind of like been Mahomes' thing this year. Like, he's been actually vulnerable to blitzes and pressure this year and more so than he has at any point in his career and if you can't pressure the quarterback this Miami defense when they haven't pressured the quarterback it's a lot of league high 77% completion rate they're 22nd in yards for pass attempt 25th in touchdown rate it's just a lot to overcome right it's just like it's just a lot even if you don't believe that this Chiefs iteration of the Chiefs is going to be as what it was in the past this is still just a really good spot for them I think I guess what would a Dolphins win look like? The so Dolphins, it would be it would be a chain. A chain breaks off like a couple, just like very you know, I mean, un- unpredictable 50, 60 yard touchdown, whatever they get, they get a turnover. You know, just your classic twenty twenty three Chiefs mishap, right? Pick six, strip sack, fumble, Pacheco and Mahomes mishandle it. Tony, Tony just like bats one up to to, to a Dolphin safety and just lets them run it back through. I mean, I guess, I guess that is it. And I mean, we did see against the Raiders. If you get up 10 points on the chiefs, they, it's just like Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill. It's Damn like, man. they just, yeah, they just are having a terrible left that game. But we've seen the, the, every time the chiefs show us an inkling, like I said, like they kind of just, it pulls back, right? Like they don't, and, and we're 19 weeks in the season. Like we can't just expect it, like something to turn on at this point. Yeah. So, but I, I, like I said, it, it I think just big picture of totality, like everything going on with Miami, it's just a really hard spot for them because the Chiefs have been incredible against lead wide receivers this year. Obviously, they limited Tyreek Hill once, and Tyreek can get over on anybody, but he even looks hurt. Like every Tyreek target looks like he limps up. It's like you, you feel like he's hurt every now, every time he gets the ball. So I think it's going to have to come through this running game, and they did run the ball well against the Chiefs in Germany. They were just down 21 nothing and kind of had to like leave it a little bit, but they – their running backs had 140 yards in that game and HN didn't play in that game. So that's probably their cleanest path. is just being able to try to run the football. Cause if the chiefs do have kind of one bugaboo on defense outside of generating turnovers, it's that they, they haven't beat up by running backs. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the path I'm taking, I'm taking Kansas city. I probably, I probably will bet this one. Um, probably do like some same game parlay stuff with like Pacheco, anytime touchdown or Pacheco like over rushing attempts because McKinnon being out and obviously mm-hmm. they do not, they do not love Clyde. Uh, Pacheco is, is going to get all of the work that, uh, that he can handle. 
All right. I like the under. I think I like the under the most out of all the best. Under is you good. Because you missed the best part of the Chiefs. The Chiefs opened at, uh, what was it, minus three and a half? Was it minus three and a half? Yeah, I think I think that's right. No, they were they opened minus one and a half. Is that what it, that's what I'm seeing in the base? And then it's four and a half now, which has obviously moved through all the like the, the best though. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, that is that is a really good number. All right. A, a game. I mean, look, I guess I'll watch it because it's the NFL playoffs. But I I personally am not that interested in can watching. You on, do some stuff in the house, like have it. On, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, stuff. we can like, clean. We can we can we can do all that. Uh, we got we got Mason Rudolph traveling to play at the Buffalo Bills and also sub-zero temperatures, bad weather, bad wind. Maybe not even as bad as it's going to be in Kansas City, but it's supposed to be pretty gross. What's the total on this? 34 and a half for, for that one. Um, yeah, 12-point team total for your fight in Mason Rudolphs. I, I mean, I guess maybe you could tell me I don't at 10. I don't even think I could take the Steelers. I still think I'd take the Bills at at 10. I was thinking maybe 10 and a half. Maybe you maybe you you talk yourself into the Steelers getting the hook, but it's not happening for them. No. I mean, this is what happens when you allow the 7 seed. It's like right right like the 7 seed is 0 and 6. They haven't been uh better than a touchdown underdog in any of the six games that they played. It's still a small sample, but like this is what happens. You have a, a really good NFL team playing a, like a mediocre NFL team every time in this dynamic, like the way they've set this up. Like you're congrats, you're printing money, you have an extra game, you can label wild card weekend super wild card weekend hooray. But like you're always gonna run into a spot like this, right? Where like these teams that win these seven seeds, like largely by they don't need to be in the NFL playoff. They don't. Uh, and the Steelers team led for just 25.9% of their snaps this season. That was 25th in the NFL, the lowest rate of any team in the postseason. Uh, bottom three in just about every offensive metric. Like you, they, like to take the 10, I think you need to just wake up Sunday and see that like it's going to be like 35 mile per hour wins. Like no one's going to throw the ball, right? Like that's how you, that's like your avenue. Uh, and that's what the Steelers need to have happen because we know if the game comes down to Mason Rudolph making more than one to two plays, like say he has yeah. to make five to six plays, they, have to, they can't win. They can't win a game like that. They can't win a game like that. I I suppose the uh, for if, if we're talking about the path, it would just be Josh Allen just has one of those variance games. You know that that's just it, right? Where I mean, Josh Allen out is such a big deal for this team. Uh, th- th- their defense yes. has been so night and day without pressure. When they and you're you're moving a guy who's you know seventh in NFL in pressures, first in quarterback hits, first in sacks. These teams played last year and Watt didn't play, and they only pressured you know Allen on fifteen percent of his dropbacks. Different game, obviously, you know in this this spot. But you just see like Watt makes such a huge difference. He's such a key part of this defense. I think they're one in ten in games he hasn't played too. It's a big deal, man. It is a big deal. I mean, he he is a truly uh a true transcendent style defensive player. Like uh what would be uh his presence, you know, would impact the spread or or these are or in whatever. like your one and done formats, like a like a massive TJ Watt game could swing a game. He has like a strip sack fumble, like you know, like just something like where like a a a dude of that like caliber wins you a game that you shouldn't win, right? But now we're moving him that element of even saying like, Hey, we at least got this record here. And right. He's not playing. Like it's, it's tough. Man. And especially now that the bills have really transitioned themselves into being like, yeah, we're fine. Just running the ball. Like we're fine. Just, just absolutely being running boring. the ball and just being boring. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, just a lot of uh Khalil Shakir, you know, 
four yard slants, I guess. Yeah, it's this is gonna be unless unless Josh does something, or I guess maybe Pickens does something like truly unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty straightforward. It's gonna be a a pretty straightforward game. I think this has the potential to be the best game of the entire weekend. The Green Bay Packers traveling to play at the Dallas Cowboys. I I think not only are the Packers very live to cover, I think the Packers are live to win this game. I really do. I think this is the biggest blowout of the weekend. Okay. All right. Give me, give me, uh, give me the logic. Well, so from a top-down perspective, obviously the Cowboys, we know they've been like incredible at home. They've, they've won every home game. They've won six of their eight home games by 20 or more points. They've scored on 60% of their drives at home. Uh, have all the takeaways at home. And then also, I think you just look at the Green Bay side, they haven't faced any good quarterbacks. They haven't faced any good offenses. And they're going to face their first one in like conditions where it's like set up for them to win. Also, everything. So they faced one QB1 uh, from a fantasy perspective this season. It was Kirk Cousins, who was absolutely shredding them before he tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, we just are like three weeks removed from Bryce Young having his season high against the Packers, too. Uh, also, when you just look at where the Packers try to win defensively, pressuring the quarterback doesn't help them here because Dak is the best quarterback under pressure. Also, when the Packers fail to pressure the opposing quarterback, they're 29th in the NFL in yards or pass attempt. They have a league low 0.8 interception rate. I just don't see how they slow them down. Uh, Joe Barry's like defensive structure too, like feeds right into CeeDee Lamb's hands, uh, you know, and he's obviously on this, like this mega, mega like run, but they primarily play cover three and cover one as their top two coverages. Lamb leads the NFL in receiving yards against cover one, seven against cover three. I know it was another thing a year ago, but Joe Barry had no answer for CeeDee Lamb. He had 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I just, they can't stop the run either, the Packers. Like I just, I feel like this is a th- thing if you're a Packers fan, you feel really good about how the back half of the season went. You were three and six. You didn't know what you had in Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur calibrated the season. You finished strong. Uh, you, you feel good about Jordan Love moving forward. You have a really young team. You feel good about getting the playoffs. But like this is a spot I I think they get I think they get run out of Dallas. Well, that was pretty convincing. My logic is I think Jordan Love is closer to being like a really good NFL quarterback than being one of these uh, like Andy Dalton style stooges who just, you know, well, is the, the six or seven year, what seed. Was Jordan loves worst game. It was the Dallas game, right? Or the, no, not no. the, the shit. What was the worst the game? Monday night game against the giants. And what did That's the giants it. do? And what did the giants do defensively? Play a ton of man There's, coverage. Yeah, they just, they're aggressive. They had Wink Martindale season. Even love, love on this heater, the back half of the year has been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure. He's been worse against the blitz. He's been worse against man coverage. I mean, he's against man coverage, 27th in completion rate, 28th in yards for pass attempt. Uh, when he's blitz, uh, he's he's only completed 49% of his passes, 20th in the NFL. Like, it's. I just think structurally this is a nightmare spot for the Packers. But I think you feel good about everything that happened, though. I don't want to say, like, you made the playoffs and you feel good about moving forward because you have a young team. Everything came together. Probably You, you overachieved, and but, like, you're in a good spot moving forward for the Packers. Because when you move on from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, even though we could say whatever we want about the person of Aaron Rodgers, like when you, as a franchise, when you move on from a player of that caliber, you kind of don't know where you're headed next. And I think if you're the Packers, you feel kind of pretty good coming out of that. So my, I guess the thing with love is that I feel pretty confident. Like you can just turn it, like he can turn in 303 with, 
all these dudes. So I, I don't know. Maybe that is bad because you're right. He did look so lost in that Giants game. And maybe it's just a little bit too soon. Also, you know, there is a little bit of that. The Packers just own the Cowboys and just expecting the Cowboys to absolutely wilt at the first sign of resistance. You know, just that the 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 story of the Dallas right. Cowboys my entire life has been you make the wild card or the divisional round and then you just immediately suck ass. Just like however the Cowboys can go to zero the fastest is how I mean you you could the tell the story you would tell yourself would be McCarthy and Schottenheimer turtle up too much because it's the playoffs. They run, run, pass every time. And Dak just either doesn't play that well or just is on the bad side of like near misses or whatever. And they just are not able to get anything going off it. I mean, this team lost to the Arizona Cardinals. I watched it happen, <laughs> right? True. I did. I like, obviously I think the line is, is correct. And I think the Cowboys win this game a, a vast majority of the time. And I really am just being, uh, I, a sports talk radio host here where, where it's like, that's just the, that's just the, the vibe I'm getting. So maybe I need to, maybe I need to I re-examine think there will be that. other weeks to potentially challenge the Cowboys having the inevitable uh, Cowboys breakdown. Maybe it's going back to San Francisco. Uh, but I do think that they handled this game. Yeah. All right. I, like, I, I, uh, I, like I think I've been changed. Total. I like Dallas team total. I like Dallas first half team total. Uh, I think they get out cooking because like you said, I mean, the Cowboys, they figured it out during half a year. Like th- this team just wasn't going to be like, I have a hard time believing they're just going to like turn back into like a running team. Like Dak's been so damn good and they haven't shown any sign. Like they've put this offense in Dak's hands. I, I just feel really good about having Dak at home against this defense that like really just doesn't match up with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you are probably right. I think, I think you just successfully compelled me here. All right. I think there's could be points though. Like I mean, you know, granted, yes. maybe there's a backdoor cover here, but I I don't even think that that's gonna happen. But just because it's so large, like you said, these seven seeds until like the NFL, like I just don't believe like these, these seven seeds are we're getting always gonna get the way the NFL is structured, where we only have a few good teams every year. We're always just gonna get a very mediocre team playing a good team, like in this setup. Yeah, and in the NFL yeah. in the one and done format, eventually one of these teams is going to win and pull off this upset. But like, look at the lines in these games in the history since they've changed this format. Like, yeah, it's been it's been brutal. It's been it's these these have been the least watchable games. Uh, all right, the revenge game, the Dude, revenge bowl. The now this this is, is the, the game. We have the uh the, the Los Angeles football Rams traveling to play at the Detroit Lions. It's a classic three for the home team i'm on the rams i'm on stafford i uh this is the you know it's a three points it's not a huge upset but kind of everything that the rams have done well on offense the lions are not particularly prepared to handle and i mean really going back to the whole thesis of the trade to begin with it was mcveigh knew to get to the top of the mountain he needed someone who he didn't have to teach everything to, you know, who could kind of handle it once, once the 15 seconds left, the the headset cuts off and Stafford is, you know, I mean, he's not the MVP or anything, but he played at basically the highest level he has since the year that they won the Super Bowl. I, I, and you know, no disrespect intended to the lions. I think this will be a good game, but I, I'm on the Rams side here. I think I like the lions more than the public and every show I've been on. Do I like the Lions enough to take them? I don't know. This feels really tight. I do think I this is a game where I think I'm just going to take the over and just try to enjoy uh, as much as possible. 
I definitely think that there are elements for the Lions to win this game. Obviously, I think the first one is that I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well in this game. I think they, they, have, a, they have an advantage in the run game. And if they're able to run the ball successfully, that kind of slows down, obviously, the, the offense. I do think that they can, if one of these teams can pressure the other quarterback, I do think it's the Lions, although they're going to give up a, a shitload of passing yards in this game. Like, there's just no way around it. Like, Stafford's going to have a ton of passing yards. Um, and then just the, the key to Jared Goff, like, in slowing him down is just, like, disruption, and the Rams' defense does none of that. So removing Laporta is kind of a key, but I do think there are some elements here. And then I think from a coaching staff perspective, too, like, it seems weird to say, but I think I would rather have my money in Dan Campbell's hand than Sean McVay's hands, which sounds wild to say, but like Dan Campbell's always going to go for the fourth down. He's always oh, he's so aggressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas McVay is going to punt from the Lions 45, like at some point in this game or try to draw them off sides and burn a dumbass timeout. Like McVay, if there, if there was a line on burning, a, like wasting a timeout, like McVay would be minus 10,000. Um, so like from, from betting perspective, like maybe you just feel better just backing Dan Campbell. Cause he's going to try to win you your money back. Whereas McVay might just be in a position not to lose it. But I think I'm just going to bet for the points and just try to enjoy this one because I think both passing games cook in this game. There's going to be a ton of a passing efficiency, uh, on both sides of the ball here. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. This one feels, this one feels like an over They even with the, even, even with, with the, the high, high total. Yeah. yeah with even with one. the high total. Yeah. I, uh, so, and, and, you know, the other thing is you, you wouldn't think this given where the Rams were last season, but they actually have, I think probably more blue chip players, right? I mean, Stafford's probably a blue chip player, Nakua and Copper blue chip players and Aaron Donald. And for the lions, it would be St. Brown. I mean, maybe Gibbs, I guess. No, you have close. Too. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, the one good. thing the Lions have done on defense. Well, two things. I'm sorry. They've been awesome against running backs, right? And maybe that doesn't matter here because Kyron's been, we just saw Kyron be really good against the Ravens a couple weeks ago. He had 100 yards yards from scrimmage early in the year on the 49ers. But I mean, uh, the lot, no running back has rushed for more than 69 yards in a game this season against the Lions. Uh, just three running backs have hit 100 total yards against them in a game, and those three running backs had 80, 58, and 48 receiving yards in those games, and no quarterback has targeted running backs at a lower rate than Matthew Stafford, so like that element for Kyron getting there is not there. Like He's just going to have to keep doing what he does and just be efficient no matter what the matchup is. And the other thing they've done is they're really good at getting pressure. It doesn't matter because their secondary sucks so much, but Stafford is one of the quarterbacks that is really jarring splits like you know when he's been pressured and when he's kept clean. But, uh, I mean, they're, they're, the Rams are averaging 6.8 yards per play, though, with Cup, Nakua, Kyron, and Stafford all on the field. Like, they've been really good. I just I see a lot of points being scored on both sides, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope that is. I hope that is the case. They said, I think I like the Lions more in the public, but I don't think I like them enough to, to bet the side. And I feel like that same way kind of with the Rams. But, like, so I think I'm just going to cheer for the points and hopefully just get to enjoy fantasy points and football and points being scored. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's actually a great way to do playoff game betting is just to be like, you know what? I'm just uh just gonna bet the over, right? We'll just we'll just bet the over. It's fine. That's yeah, a great I mean, way. That's a great way to that go about it. That hasn't gone wrong in 2023 football. Yeah, no, it's like, oh, I'm settling into a primetime game. Let's just bet the over. Would you win like once the whole year? You won. You, I guess you won a uh, Cowboy Seahawks. So congratulations, congratulations to you on uh on betting on betting that over. I, I do think that this one has a thinner path to failure. I think if you're looking for this like to be a failure game, it has to just be like the Lions do just generate enough pressure where Stafford's off and like they're just running it 
down the Rams' throat. Like that's how you go under. But I just I I think that both these passing games are gonna ha- be largely efficient though. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, this is everyone's favorite upset pick. Everyone loves uh, Philadelphia Eagles minus three at Tampa Bay. Everyone is so over the Eagles. Everyone's like, Jalen Hurts is just Jamarcus Russell with the tush push, and everyone's banged up, and Matt Patricia is calling the defense, and it's the worst defense ever. And I don't know. All that shit might be true. They're just a better team than the Buccaneers. I, I I can't get on board with this thought process that that the eagles are are cooked i don't think i just don't like what is going on with aj brown why do we not know anything it's thursday right now you and i are recording this thursday it's it's just past noon and and we got nothing on aj brown although devonta smith for whatever it's worth devonta smith did say he is playing so yeah but we don't know in what capacity either like he probably won't practice either uh given his ankle injury we'll see but like i just wish we knew more information on like some of the the health status of some of these eagles this is a weird game it's probably and i wish this game wasn't on monday i wish the nfl one just gave us from dfs like we just had two clean three game slates and could play but we don't need this game on monday night either we just i'm playing i'm playing the sixth gamer on DraftKings. i kind of like it do you i mean i i think it's tough because you can't like how do you even use it as a hammer because like AJ Brown probably doesn't practice. So like what kind of leverage do you get having him? And if he doesn't, if you find out he's going to be like limited, like what are the pivots, right? The weird thing about this is you would say, looking at both these defenses that both these offenses are in good spots, but both these offenses continue to stop their own offense. When you say like, well, how do they stop? How does this team stop the other team? Well, both these teams keep stopping themselves. Yeah. They can just do it to themselves. The Buccaneers have beat one. They have beat, they won one game versus a playoff team this year, and it was the Packers. Like they were three and seven against teams with a winning record this year. Like they're the Steelers of the AFC. Like they're like this is a very mediocre team. Baker Mayfield's hurt. He's looked really bad the past two weeks. The Eagles haven't like objectively looked any any better. But like this Buccaneers team is doing the same thing the Texans do. Like they're thirtieth in the NFL in rate of set of downs to reach third down, which means they're terrible on early downs. Well. But you look at underneath the hood, they're 20th in dropback rate on early downs, but they're dead last in the NFL on early down rushing success rate. Like that's suboptimal coaching. Like clearly, like what are we doing? And you just look at this, the, the Eagles team, they haven't been able to do anything the back half of the year. Uh, they can't run the ball as well as they did last year. The Jalen Hurts, it's just regression all over. Just like a top down regression. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been bad against the blitz this year. We know he's going to get blitzed. Todd Bowles blitzed the shit out of him when they played early in the year. This is another one where I look at this game total and I say how, right? Like, why Why is this game this high? Why is the game this high? It's I mean, they played earlier in the year. Because the Eagles' healthier. defense is so shit, I guess. But the Bucks' offense is shit. Like, like they get in their own way. You try, like, you try and tell that to Mike Evans, dude. I mean, they played, though, and the Buccaneers are their fewest yards in a game this season against the Eagles. Is that, that's so, wild. It's so counterintuitive to everything that we've known about this Eagles defense. And like, I, it's just, uh, it's just weird, man. Like it's hard for me to back the Buccaneers. It's also hard for me to back the Eagles. To me, that says like as a red flag, well, doesn't that mean the game's going under? And then I'm like, oh, it's 44 points. They seems played earlier in the year and they only scored 36 points. There could be wind and rain in this game. Like why does it do that? And like, I don't know, man. This game looks bad to me. It looks like a. I the thing is, like we talk about Lions Rams and how that game looks tight. I actually want would love to see Lions one of those two teams in the next round. I don't want either of these teams in the next round. 
is the problem. Well, what if, what if you're getting the real Eagles though? You're not, we're never getting, again, it's the same thing we talked about. Like we're 19 weeks in. No, I would, we expect the real Eagles. Cause the real Eagles already existed this year. We if like proof of concept wise, like the first two months of the season when AJ Brown had 125 yards a game for like the first two months of the season. But they, we, when they were 10 and one, they won five of those games when they trailed after halftime, like it was unsustainable when they, when they were winning those games. Well, sure. But, but I mean, one that's like, you would say like great teams are able to do that sometimes yeah. not, 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 you wouldn't want them to be doing it as their strategy, but you would say you would expect a Patrick Mahomes team, a Tom Brady team or whatever to have a way better winning percentage when trailing at halftime than league average or whatever. Now, clearly the Eagles product that right, right. lost they, they to the beat fucking the Dolphins they beat the Dolphins Cowboys and Chiefs in a four-week span so like that's fair and the Bills right they beat the Bills or do they lose to the Bills and they beat the Rams too yeah oh they it's beat the Bills that... too yeah they beat the... yeah I'm sorry yeah they beat the so that's a in a one two three four five six an eight week in a wait eight week span they beat the Rams Dolphins Cowboys Chiefs Bill and Bills in that in those eight weeks they're a good team. They're just so banged up. They're so bad. And, and maybe that just doesn't matter. Like maybe there's just no coming back from that in the middle of the year. You know, like if they come into this and Devonta Smith is, is hopping around and can't really go and AJ Brown can't really go. And it's like Deandre Swift, like just who, like we thought was legit for like a month. And then it turns out he's not really that good. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's uninspiring at best. I, I just definitely am not one of these people that thinks that the Buccaneers are just like a shoe in upset. Like, well, listen, there's no way I can back the Buccaneers. No chance. Yeah. I think a lot of backing the Eagles is just built on fading the bucks and some hopium on the Eagles. But yeah, it's just, I, I, this, this, this current version of the Eagles that we have right now, it's hard for me to see them next round, like going into Dallas and winning or going to San Francisco and winning. That's just very hard for me to see that happening. Kevin Roth just tweeted that Kansas City Miami is going to feel like negative twenty five by kickoff. Cool. What do you think? What do you think the cheapest seat? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look on Saturday morning. What do you think the cheapest seat I'll be able to get in the lower bowl is? Do you think we're you think we're talking fifty bucks or less? I bet. Yeah, I just think too because yeah, people are gonna treat this as like a. Like we're 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 favored. I can come back next week. Yeah. Oh fuck, man. The Chiefs. Okay. If if the Travis Kelsey era ends with him like well, they'll be on the road no matter what, right? The, they'll be on the road no matter what the week. No, I guess not. Not necessarily. No matter. Not what. no matter what, because it does well, it does reseed, but probably. Yeah. But if it's if the Travis Kelsey era ends with him like limping off the field in a twenty four to ten loss against the Tua. Tagovailoa, Miami Dolphins in negative 25 degree weather. That's going to be a real low point for me personally. I just am not really looking to live in that universe. But when does that game start getting hammered towards the under? Like, I'm, I'm just going to bet it while we're doing this now. Since uh, when does that game start getting... I Probably Saturday morning, I would think. Because I think we laid out enough on it to where, like, 44 is is, is high, right? I just I can't can you imagine teams even wanting to score 44 points when it feels like negative 25 degrees outside? 
Like it feels like you just gentlemen's gentlemen's agreement. Like fellas, <laughs> let's let's get out of here. Like let's run the ball. You know, if Kansas City needs to win, like whatever. But no one no one actually wants to be out here. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just gonna bet it. I talked myself into it, and then you gave me the raw thing. It's just, it was the the last push I guess I needed before. Like I see someone come and take this thing down to where it's like 41, right? Yes. What is your favorite angle for playoff contests? Uh well, it dep- I think it depends what you're playing. What's your contest? Uh, let's let's go like uh like uh, NFC FFPC style style stuff. Or you can only have one. You can only have one. Or you can guy. only have. Or you can, you, or you can only begin with one guy. My my favorite angle is Pacheco over Kelsey and Mahomes. That's that's my favorite angle. Well, I think you just have to treat it like like that large field tournament style, where like you need like the one guy to fail, right? Like so, like if you're building a team, like you just don't if you don't take Christian McCaffrey, right? Like the most obvious pick of all. Uh, yes. You just need him to not go bury you. See him not not to shatter on you because he's gonna be good. So, like, you would take a non-McCaffrey 49er. You'd have to do that for every team. I think just, like, the most popular spots. Like, probably the two most popular players are Lamar Jackson and Chris McCaffrey, right? In those formats. Like, you try yeah, to just I, cross-correlate. And so, so like, on FFPC specifically, like, the most duped team will be duped, like, hundreds of times in, yeah. in these contests. Yeah, like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So you just have to, I think you have to do that type angle. It's not necessarily like fading a team saying like this team's not going to go to the Super Bowl. It's just necessarily saying like, well, if this team does, like how, like even does, like if the Ravens go to the Super Bowl and you have Lamar Jackson, you're playing against hundreds of other Lamar Jackson teams, right? Same, yeah. same thing with Christian McCaffrey. So you have to find, I think that those angles, like of, of playing it, you don't, it's not saying fade those teams and saying they can't make the Super Bowl, but think about how everyone else is going to build those rosters. Everyone's going to do Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. They just are because uh, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to help themselves. So you have to do something where it's like, maybe you do Isaiah likely, like you use your tight end right on the Ravens, which seems maybe like a waste. Maybe you do Zay Flowers or some shit. I don't know. Gus Ravens defense. Yeah. Ravens defense. Maybe you do Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, uh, or you just do Purdy. Well, Purdy probably wouldn't be the second most popular 49ers. You would do like Debo or Ayuk probably. Uh, or Kittle as the play, but that's the way you would do it. Uh, maybe do you would do something like Josh Allen would be popular, but you can build a unique enough, I think, Josh Allen team to where it wouldn't matter because if you just don't have Christian McCaffrey, right? So those are the elements. I think if you're doing like the stuff on underdog, you just try to draft whatever team you're drafting heavy to go to the Super Bowl in one particular conference. You just try to get like, then you just like scatter shot the other conference. That's that's what I do that. a lot of. Yeah. You don't. So if you're just drafting a 49ers heavy team, which is hard to do by ADP, so they're probably a shitty example, but say you're drafting a 49ers heavy. No, team, you, you, Purdy now on average is not a top six pick. So if you wanted to stack the 49ers, you could do it every draft. Okay. So yeah, there you go. So like, if you're taking a 49ers team though, you don't try to focus on who the 49ers are going to play. You just keep getting 49ers and you just scatter shot the other side to maybe have two guys coming back in that Super Bowl outcome, right? Yeah. So whatever team you do. The, so the other conference you don't try to nail, you just try to scatter shot and get a couple runbacks. Just I do a lot back. of two Buffalo, two Chiefs, two Browns. Like yeah, if I, so if like I've that. got like a, so like four 49ers and then, you know, Flacco and Jerome Ford, cause you need to have another quarterback for the first round. If you've got, Purdy, because you don't have a you don't have a guy week one, and then I'll do like Khalil Shakir and Fournette or Dawson Knox, and and then do you know Justin Watson, Richie James, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or whoever. Easy peasy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all it, right. Man. That's the game. And then uh, the NFL boned us. We should have two three game slates. Uh, you can play the six game full. I think the Saturday slate looks terrible. Saturday slate is terrible. Yeah. I think it looks terrible. It looks bad. And they did this to us last week when we knew like the Ravens kind of Steelers was a dog game. And it just looks bad, man. I think that's where we're the players and Chiefs Dolphins definitely will have ownership because they're just high. But like, again, like we're running through all the angles, like the games we played in freezing cold, the, the Dolphins are injured. Like the Chiefs are not a team that scores like 30 points anymore. Like the game could suck, man. It'd be a sucky football game. Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Sometimes, sometimes it's negative 25 degrees to kick off for a playoff game. Make every, make every, uh, make every stadium a dome and we wouldn't have to deal with this shit, but what can you do? Uh, all right, man, sharp football, anything, uh, anything special for, for the playoffs that the people need to know about? Yeah. My stuff's part of the playoff package. So you got to go through that to get there. But I did, you know, obviously with only six games, right. If instead of 16, I could spend more time on each game. So they're larger and more robust than they've been. So if you're looking for a bunch of different player prop angles and stuff like that, it is definitely, uh, filled out this week. Boom. Beautiful. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week and uh, good luck in all your contests. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.